Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Tonight, what we're learning right now is a federal judge has ordered the Justice Department to release parts of the affidavit that were used to justify that FBI search of Donald Trump's Florida resort. The breaking news and when Americans could get more details on why the U.S. government wanted to enter Mar-a-Lago looking for top secret documents. CBS's Robert Costa is in Palm Beach with new reporting. Fears of a nuclear meltdown in Ukraine grow after Europe's largest power plant disconnects from the power grid twice. CBS's Deborah Pata is in Kyiv fighting the teacher shortage. CBS's Adriana Diaz looks at schools offering things like a four-day work week to get educators back in the classroom. Are you competing with other school districts for applicants? Absolutely, we are. And our Eye on America, CBS's Meg Oliver, shows us a program working to keep kids safe. If it wasn't for basketball, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Good evening and thank you for joining us on this Thursday night. Tonight we are one step closer to seeing a redacted version of the affidavit the government used to support a search warrant of former President Trump's Florida home, Mar-a-Lago. That release could come at any moment. A federal judge ordered the unsealing just hours after the Justice Department submitted the document with those redactions. There are parts of the affidavit that federal investigators want to keep secret, citing concerns that it will impact the early stages of this probe. The redactions are expected to be extensive. Media organizations, including CBS News, urged the release of the document, something that would be extremely rare, but would shed light on why the FBI searched a former president's home. Well, we have a lot of news to get to tonight, and CBS's Robert Costa will start us off from West Palm Beach, Florida. Good evening, Robert. Good evening, Nora. The decision by the Florida federal judge to release a redacted version of this affidavit is a major development in this case, and it could provide new details about why the home of the former president was searched. Late this afternoon, Florida federal judge Bruce Reinhardt, who initially approved the warrant that led to the search of Mar-a-Lago, issued an order that portions of an affidavit justifying the search should be made public by noon tomorrow. 
Reinhardt wrote that he approved the Justice Department's suggested redactions to portions of the affidavit to protect the identity of witnesses, law enforcement agents, the investigation strategy, direction, scope, sources and methods, and grand jury information. Justice Department officials had opposed releasing the full affidavit and could still appeal the decision, saying last week they are very concerned about the safety of the witnesses involved in their investigation of Trump's handling of classified information, some of which went up to the level of top secret. I think what the public is going to learn is, again, just how much effort went into this affidavit, the fact that there are pages and pages and pages of probable cause, potentially the types of documents above and beyond what we already know were seized. Judge Reinhardt made the ruling just hours after the Justice Department submitted the redacted affidavit at his request. Former President Trump, who has previously called for it to be released, conferred with his attorneys in Bedminster, New Jersey today. This comes as new reporting from the Washington Post shows that National Archives officials were urging Trump's lawyers as far back as May of 2021, 15 months before the Mar-a-Lago search, to return boxes of documents they said were missing, including letters from North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and former President Obama, and that former White House counsel Pat Cipollone knew Trump had stored documents in his residence and agreed they needed to be returned. And this all comes as the investigation of Trump in Georgia ramps up. Prosecutors said today they want to hear more from members of Trump's inner circle, including former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. Nora. So many new details. Robert Costa, thank you so much. Well, tonight, the Gulf Coast is bracing for more rain after a day of flooding. Millions of Americans are under watches and warnings tonight, and the situation is dire. The mayor of Jackson, Mississippi, is telling residents to be prepared to evacuate. Let's bring in meteorologist Mike Bettis from our partners at the Weather Channel for more. Good evening, Mike. Nora, good evening. We've had historic rain this week across the southeast in some places. More than a foot and a half of rain has fallen, bringing us also historic flooding. We also know this summer we've been dealing with drought across the south, in particular in Texas. All the rain we've seen this week, marginally helpful. Small improvements in the drought in places like Dallas and still 22 million residents of Lone Star State are under drought. More heavy rain across the southeast to end the work week, especially along I-10 in the southeast and storms getting very, very heavy across Florida all the way through the weekend. Severe weather does return for the northeast as well, not ruling out a chance for some tornadoes across New England, Hartford to Burlington. Then, of course, there are the tropics. Quiet for now, but a couple of areas to watch, including this area rolling through the Caribbean, areas of interest all the way into Central America into early next week, Nora. Mike Bettis, thank you. Families in Uvalde, Texas, are celebrating the firing of school police chief Pete Arandondo, but some say it didn't go far enough and that others should be fired, too. Arandondo is the first officer to be held accountable for the delayed response to the school massacre that left 19 students and two teachers dead. CBS's Janet Shamlian is in Uvalde. Tonight, Uvalde Schools Police Chief Pete Arandondo is out of a job. Good cause exists to terminate the non-certified contract of Pete Arredondo effective immediately. No An outraged community finally getting what it's been pleading for. Turn in your badge and step down. You don't deserve to wear one. Arredondo was a no-show here. His attorney releasing a 17-page statement calling the meeting an unconstitutional public lynching and describing the chief's actions that day as outstanding. 
took them that long just to get rid of one person. So that's why I'm saying the fight's just begun. Families say next to go should be some of these officers who were in the hallway as children were calling 911 from the classroom. Adam Martinez says his third grade son, Zayon, who attended Robb Elementary, and seventh grade daughter, Analia, are frightened and won't be going back to school. They'll take classes remotely. I told my son uh, they're going to have more cops. They're going to have higher fencing. And right away, he said, it doesn't matter if there's cops or not. They're not going to go in They're They're not going to protect us. Some are leaving the district entirely. Uvalde's Sacred Heart Catholic School has enrolled dozens of students from Robb Elementary. Martinez says the trust isn't there. Until they start making some changes, changing the, the staff around. Uh, I don't know if we're ever going to have that level of confidence we need to feel safe. And some families connected to Robb Elementary are now seeking compensation. A $27 billion lawsuit is expected to be filed against the school district, the city, and a number of police agencies that responded to the shooting. Nora. Janet Chamlian, thank you. Let's turn now to Ukraine, where fears are growing over a potential nuclear disaster. After weeks of shelling, Europe's largest nuclear power plant temporarily lost power today for the first time ever. President Biden spoke with Ukrainian President Zelensky, both urging Russia to withdraw from the facility. CBS's Deborah Pata is in Ukraine. It's a historic first in all the wrong ways. The first time the Zaporizhia nuclear power plant has been completely disconnected from the grid. It was caused by a fire in a nearby coal station that cut off the plant's last remaining supply lines. A constant electricity supply is critical to cooling down spent nuclear fuel and avoiding a disastrous meltdown, says nuclear expert Hamish de Britton-Gordon. If the power goes off, uh, we're then reliant on generators from fairly elderly diesel generators to run the safety systems. Once you lose the main power supply, you're almost in a two-engine aeroplane, which loses one engine, and, and then you're in a bad position. Potentially a nuclear disaster. And Ukraine warns that Russia may be planning to divert power to Crimea. Zaporizhia was captured by Russia in March, but is still controlled by Ukrainian technicians. Russia and Ukraine have accused each other of shelling the site, which has been turned into a deadly front line. Ukrainians living in the shadow of the reactors have been running drills planning for the worst-case scenario. Everyone will die if there's a nuclear disaster, said Olene Sidoryakina, not just us in Ukraine. The whole world. International Atomic Energy agents have been asking for access to inspect the plant, and Ukraine's energy minister now says they could travel there in the coming days. Nora? Deborah Pata with that warning. Thank you. Well, we have some news tonight about teachers on strike and not in the classroom. We told you about Columbus, Ohio, the largest school district in that state. Well, kids there will return to the classroom on Monday after teachers reached an agreement with the county, breaking an end to the three-day strike. Thousands of miles away in Kent, Washington, a suburb of Seattle, teachers were on the picket line today, impacting 25,000 students. The teachers' union says the fight is over class sizes, mental health staff, and higher pay. 
One of the biggest problems that unions and schools can agree on is the growing crisis of teacher shortages. School districts across the country are coming up with unique incentives in hopes of retaining teachers and attracting new ones. In Missouri, that includes a four-day work week and hefty signing bonuses. Here's CBS's Adriana Diaz. Teachers nationwide cramming Give them 30 seconds. ahead of back to school. But not Ali Veach from Columbia, Missouri. She left teaching in April. You taught what grade? Mainly ninth. What was the mental age of the kids in your class? Most of them hadn't had a normal year of school since sixth grade, so probably 11, 12 for some, not all. We were all kind of in survival mode, and I just couldn't last any longer in that, in that mental state. Nearly 300,000 public school educators have left the profession since the start of the pandemic. In Fort Zumwalt, Missouri, Superintendent Bernard Dubray says that's due to burnout, pay, and baby boomers retiring. Are you competing with other school districts for applicants? Absolutely, we are just selling your school district. Our teachers uh, very often sing our praises. Superintendent, are you selling your school right now to any potential teachers watching this interview? Oh yeah, <laughs> always. Missouri starts teachers at $25,000 a year. To help recruit, the state passed a temporary pay bump. It also increased pay for substitute teachers and lowered their requirements and allowed districts to have four-day school weeks. The four-day school week was highly attractive to me. That was a deciding factor for Gwen Imhoff, who got six job offers. She's also pregnant and has to find her own sub during a substitute teacher shortage. Not a lot of people to even call for maternity leave sub. For Veach to come back, she says the whole system would need an overhaul. If teachers are given the resources they need to meet the needs of their students, I would go back. If students were given what they need to be successful, I would go back. In this job market, teachers are finding more options outside of the classroom given the rise of remote work and low unemployment. As for Ali Veach, who we interviewed, she's one of several teachers from her area that joined a company to help create their internal training materials. Nora? This feels like a national emergency. Adriana Diaz, thank you so much. There's big news tonight for the more than 25 million drivers in California. State regulators approved Governor Gavin Newsom's plan to ban the sale of gas-powered vehicles by 2035. The governor is seeking to cut carbon emissions from cars in half by the year 2040, but the policy will still need federal approval. Tonight, a new study finds Pfizer's COVID pill, Paxlovid, appears to provide little or no benefit for younger adults. Israeli researchers looked at more than 100,000 patients and found the drug significantly reduced hospitalizations and deaths among seniors, but younger adults didn't show any measurable benefit. Here in the U.S., Paxlovid is recommended only for people at high risk of getting severely ill from COVID. Tonight, two people from Florida have pleaded guilty to stealing and selling the private diary of President Biden's daughter, Ashley. Biden's daughter was moving from a friend's home in 2020, and she left behind some personal items, including her diary. They were found by a woman who, along with a friend, sold them to the conservative activist group Project Veritas. They've been ordered to forfeit the $40,000 they were paid, and they now face five years in prison. 
All right, with the U.S. Open set to begin on Monday, Novak Djokovic announced today that he will not play in the tournament because he's not vaccinated against COVID and he's not allowed to travel to the U.S. And as Serena Williams gears up for what's expected to be her final tournament, we learned today her first opponent will be Donka Kovinic. It will be Williams' 21st appearance at the U.S. Open. All right, coming up next, Eye on America with a New Jersey man working to keep kids safe as gun violence surges across America. <sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. 2022 is on track to be one of the deadliest years for gun violence in the U.S. in more than two decades. According to the Gun Violence Archive, 880 teenagers have died so far this year from firearms. Now a New Jersey nonprofit is working to get at-risk kids off the street in hopes of saving lives. Here's CBS's Meg Oliver with tonight's Eye on America. A steady beat of basketballs fills the air in the small town of Bridgeton, New Jersey. This summer camp is part of Life Worth Living, a nonprofit John Fuqua created after his 18-year-old nephew was murdered in 2008. What's the goal of this program? The goal is to teach our kids that there's opportunities. Um, your life is worth living. In Bridgeton, 17% of the children live below the poverty line. Every kid is given the opportunity to write their story, and what we want to be is an aid in that. So we provide support for everything, from school to mentoring to anything recreational. For 14-year-old Zaire Bryant, this is his refuge from reality. What do you hear or see? I see people with guns and stuff. I'm like, I don't like that. That's why I just get away from there. Nationwide firearm injuries are the leading cause of death among children. Over the past 15 years, Fugwa has worked with about 10,000 kids, teaching them life skills to survive in an area plagued by crime. I live in a city where we don't have a recreation center. We have a county jail, a state prison, a federal prison, and a halfway house. 13-year-old Jazeer Thompson started participating in the program two years ago. What are you most excited about in life right now? Right now? Mm-hmm. Coming to this program. John's really just like a role model. Like he keep, he keeps me out of trouble. Year-round activities from sports and music to the arts, giving them a purpose and helping them set goals for the future. What does basketball mean to you? If it wasn't for basketball, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Like that's a lot. What do you want them to know? I want them to know that I'm gonna make them proud. Big dreams. Dreaming of a better life. For Eye on America, Meg Oliver, CBS News, Bridgeton, New Jersey. Such a great program. We need more like that. These kids need everybody's help. A flight from Guadalajara, Mexico to Los Angeles had to make an emergency landing Tuesday night when one of the plane's engines caught fire. Yeah, look at this. Shortly after takeoff, terrified passengers alerted crew of the budget airline Viva Airbus that sparks and flames were shooting from the right engine. Luckily, no one was hurt. All right, here's something you don't see every day. This is Clark, an American bald eagle from the World Bird Sanctuary. He flew commercial this week, going through a TSA checkpoint at Charlotte Douglas International Airport. 
<laughs> That's cool. While the eyes of the tennis world will be on Serena Williams at next week's U.S. Open, last night the focus was on peace, with Ukraine taking center court. Here's CBS's Michael George. They're among the biggest names in tennis. Mr. Rafael Nadal, Coco Gauff, John McEnroe, Iga Swiatek. They're sharing the court and raising more than a million dollars in aid for Ukraine. Team phenom Coco Gauff is playing alongside John McEnroe. I like to speak out when it's right, and uh, I'm glad that I was able to be a part of this. We all want peace, and hopefully this will do something towards helping the situation over in Ukraine. And watching from the front row, Ukrainian tennis star Sergei Stokovsky. Earlier this year, the 36-year-old walked away from his tennis career and took up arms to defend his country. Why did you decide that you had to fight? I am Ukrainian. I was born in that country. I felt obliged to do so because I know a lot of my friends, they stayed behind. Now, Stakovsky's life couldn't be farther from his days as a tennis star. He came to the event to remind Americans that Ukrainians are still fighting. Ukraine is in need of those financial aids and military aid. Stakovsky is already headed back to fight. Grateful his tennis family hasn't forgotten him. Every little dollar or every little event like this, it matters well because they see they're not left alone. Michael George, CBS News, New York. That's why sports can be so powerful. That's tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. Good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. If you enjoy tuning in to the CBS Evening News, there are official t-shirts, hats, mugs, and more available for purchase at ParamountShop.com. These products are perfect for any fan of Evening News, and you can take 20% off with code EVENING20. That's 20% off all CBS Evening News products with code EVENING20 at ParamountShop.com.